Hey, Mom. You know, he probably just doesn't feel comfortable talking to you because your mother never went insane. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll talk to him. Heyo, and welcome back to Thank Fucking God It's Friday, the show where we talk about all the good and bad shows from the 90s, one at a time. I am Drew. And I'm Katie. And today we're going to talk about a show that featured all three of the main characters' ex-husbands during the running of the show. Yeah. And I think she married Tom Arnold during the show, right? Yes. And that she, of course, is Roseanne. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's the important part to mention. Yeah. I thought you'd have more questions about the other two, but apparently you know all these things. Um, I mean, I read like some biography stuff earlier today preparing for this, but... <laughs> yeah. My favorite thing that I read on this... Uh, so, Roseanne, she had three husbands, well, three ex-husbands, Bill Pentland, which Roseanne, the show, was inspired by her life with him. And she married Tom Arnold, which I'm sure that was just a shit show. And then she married Ben Thomas, who was her former bodyguard. And I don't know, I guess out of pity gave him some roles in the in the show as who, his only acting credits. Who did he play? He, he had two bit roles as a cop. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. And so she had all of her ex-husbands on the show. Good time for her. Yeah, I remember watching one episode, actually I was watching it kind of recently, where Jackie sleeps with Tom Arnold and is like mortified about it. And they're all like, that is so gross. Yeah, that does sound messed up. <laughs> but, you know. I don't know if that was when Roseanne and Tom Arnold were married. And I also can't stop calling him Tom, Tom Arnold. <laughs> I'm just going to keep calling him by his full name. Well, I mean, it's not like you know him. You can't be like, oh, Tom <laughs> down the street. Yeah. Uh, I like that she married him four days after she got divorced. Oh, really? Yeah. She wow. filed for divorce after 16 years of marriage from Pentland. And then four days later, she married Tom Arnold. Dang. Yep. That's a quick turnaround. I'm sure there was nothing going on before that. For sure not. Oh, goodness. Yeah. And I think that part of their divorce was that Tom Arnold was like abusive or something like that. But I don't know if that was ever like solidified, proven. I don't, I don't remember much like I about I remember them getting married. And when I saw this, like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that sort of thing. <laughs> the thing that I remember Tom Arnold the most from, and I don't know why this movie more than anything else, is the movie Carpool. I is that the one where they drive the car through the mall? Yeah. And there's the kid with the glasses. I think they called him Froggy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I have not thought about that movie in forever. <laughs> my dad and sister and I used to watch it a lot. And then when I brought it up uh, one of the last few times I was home, they didn't remember it. Oh, really? And I was hurt kind of on the inside. It's like, that would be like me forgetting Pootie Tang or something like that. <laughs> that would never happen. Oh, Misha Barton was in this. I yeah, just she was it up. the she was the girl that the oldest uh, oh, kid Rachel, had a yeah. had a crush on. I'm pretty sure Rachel Lee Cook. Oh, oh no, she was the girl that, that had a crush on. Right? I don't know. Someone had I a don't crush know. on someone. And that um, that Froggy character, he was in um, he was Froggy on Little Rascals. Oh, okay. I don't think his character was named Froggy, but I'm looking well, at his he, picture now, and he was definitely on Little Rascals. He had goggles, so he looked froggy. <laughs> but that's what I remember Tom Arnold from, anyway, is the movie Carpool that I mean, that's so many a, people have seen. That's a great movie. I do not remember the last time I saw that. This has a 15% Metascore on IMDb or Metacritic.com. That's so, really low. And 4.9 on IMDb. That's at least better. <laughs> But I thought that movie was great. I just only remember that scene where the car like plows they, through the window. Yeah, because he like robbed a bank or something. And then they go and there's a whole... I could get into carpool, but we, we should talk about Roseanne yeah, instead. Yeah, we probably should talk about Roseanne. <laughs> it's okay. Why don't you tell us about Roseanne? So Roseanne debuted in October of 1988. It aired for nine seasons on ABC, ending in May 1997. And it went into storylines that a lot of other shows at the time avoided. Things like poverty, sex, homosexuality, domestic abuse, and obesity. And at its core, it was really grounded in reality. So I think that's what a lot of people really liked about it. Yeah. I, I, I remember watching a few episodes when I was younger. 
I don't think I ever was just religiously into the show, anything yeah. like that. I was probably more into cartoons at that time. <laughs> but rewatching it now, this holds up super well. Yeah. It's I've, so good. I've watched a few episodes when it was actually on TV. I know I remember watching one of the episodes that we're going to talk about today. And I remember watching the finale, but I don't remember how much of it I watched other than that. And I binge watched the whole thing when it was on Netflix a few years ago. And it was so funny. Yeah. I I could not believe it. I honestly feel like I might binge watch it now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) After just watching those couple episodes and like, man, I should get back into this because it, the, the snarky sarcasm and just kind of like cynical look on everything just yeah. really, it really vibes with me. Yeah. The show centers around a working class family in Lanford, Illinois, which is a made up town. Um, and it's helmed by matriarch Roseanne Connor, played by Roseanne Barr. She's brash and honest with seriously brutal one-liners. I should have written down a few. <laughs> Yeah, she she has some good... Her wit is just right there. She As soon as someone says something to her, she's just ready. ready Darlene, to too, but... Yeah, Darlene, <laughs> Darlene is the character I remember most from the show. Yeah. More than Roseanne, even. <laughs> I don't know why. I just remembered... Maybe like, it's because oh. she was, like, the kid, so you were, like, kind of more relating to someone who was younger. I guess. Maybe I had a crush on her. I don't know. <laughs> Wouldn't have worked out. So, um, Roseanne is married to Dan Connor, played by John Goodman... And he's a contractor who later owns a motorcycle shop. The showrunners cast John Goodman and Laurie Metcalf, who plays Jackie, in order to make up for the fact that Roseanne didn't have any acting experience. And they kind of assumed that they would set a good example for her. No shit. And kind of carry the show in the acting realm. Okay. I did not know that. She seemed like she's doing fine. I mean, a lot of, I feel like a lot of stand up comedians have gotten shows. In the past. This is and the first one. As, yeah. Yeah, say as a result of how successful Roseanne yeah. did. So they saw, oh, hey, these people that stand up and talk in front of people for a living, they can do that with a camera pointed at them too. Good to know. Sometimes it doesn't work out very well. Yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't like John Mulaney's show. I was show. just going to bring that one up. It was not good. <laughs> no. I like John Mulaney's stand up. That I love show John was terrible. So I actually bad. just watched his Comeback Kid stand up special on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, So like I said, Lori Metcalf plays her sister, Jackie. And throughout the series, she's kind of bouncing around from job to job. Um, For a while, she is a cop, but then she gets injured in the line of duty and quits. And then she's like an actress and a perfume girl at the mall and a big rig truck driver. Oh, she had a lot of jobs. Yeah. Aren't you going to ask how she got injured in the line of duty? I figure she got shot. Nope. (laughs) Um, Did she choke on a donut? No, she was trying to arrest a drunk man who was naked and he like fell on her or something. I think he was like really fat and she hurt her back. Well, okay. (laughs) It wasn't Dan, was it? (laughs) No. (laughs) I mean, John Goodman's a bigger guy. I don't know. He could have done something. Roseanne and Dan's kids are Darlene, Becky, and DJ. And I looked it up. DJ stands for David Jacob. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah. Nor did I even think to look it up. I thought his name was just DJ. I assumed it was going to be like Dan or Daniel, not David. Um, And then they have another son during season six named Jerry Garcia. Apparently, I didn't remember that at all. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I got nothing. (laughs) I had a feeling that you didn't remember that. And to be honest, I didn't either until I was like Googling some things. And I was like, oh, Jerry Garcia. I forgot about that. Is why? Why did they name him Jerry Garcia? Yeah. I didn't look that up, but I assume it has to do with maybe that happened around when Jerry Garcia died. Maybe. I I don't know. Now I'm looking up when that happened. Yeah, it was 1995. So that makes sense. Okay. Well, I uh, I definitely don't remember Jerry Garcia, and Jerry Garcia is not one of the people that I have my notes on. <laughs> well, he was a child, or like a baby, and he wasn't even really in that many episodes, so. Perfect. Then I don't care about him at all. <laughs> I'm not going to look up anything that happened with that kid. Yeah, you don't have to. Um, some other characters who were on the show were her mother, Beverly, played by Estelle Parsons, David, who is Darlene's love interest, played by Johnny Galecki, who is currently on Big Bang Theory, which I don't watch. And so to me, he's always 
the son on Christmas vacation. He had a good career as like a teenager and kid. Yeah. I mean, really a lot of people from this show have had great careers. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like a lot, yeah, a lot of child actors just kind of fall off, but they did okay. Yeah. They did okay here. Then Mark is Becky's husband and he's played by Glenn Quinn. Okay. So their oldest daughter, Becky, she is infamously played by two different people throughout the show. Uh, and the show kind of is like a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge to that, especially in like the opening credits where they transform between the characters and stuff. Yeah, and that was in the season eight episode that we watched. Yeah. So the original Becky in seasons one through five was played by, is it pronounced Lessie? Lacey? 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 Lacey. Lacey Gorenson. Her real name is Alicia. And that's what she goes by now. Yeah, she goes by that as an adult. She got the role. It was her second time she had ever auditioned for anything. Wow. So props to her. She was the she was the person who played Becky for the first five seasons, as well as parts most of season eight. And she will be playing it all in the new one. Yeah. Season 10, the reboot, which we'll talk about in a little bit. She went to college starting in season five, like yeah. in real life. She went to Vassar College to, you know, better herself as a human. And at first, when she was going there, they had, you know, it set up where she could kind of work part time. So they just started to started writing Becky out of mm. the episodes, having her in fewer things. And then they decided in season six, though, that they wanted Becky back and she couldn't do it. And so they got one of the loves of my life, Sarah Chalk, which I only recently learned that's how you pronounce her last name, oh. which is really depressing <laughs> for my life. I thought you pronounced it. Yeah, I thought it was like Chalky. Like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, which is also the second person two weeks in a row. Woo! Second person from Scrubs that we need to talk about, Elliot Reed. Uh, but she was in season six and seven of the show, as well as season nine, the final season of the original run. Yeah, season eight was supposed to be the last season. And then when they came back for a season nine, Lisey Gorenson was like, I'm not going to do it. So yeah. uh, She was also, uh, Sarah Chalk was in two episodes in season eight. Oh. She was in Darlene's Wedding, that episode. Interesting. And the one where they went on the trip to Disney World. She was in both of those because Lisey couldn't make it. And so they're like, hey. That makes sense why she wouldn't be able here? to go to Disney World. <laughs> yeah. And so they, but like in the show, I guess, in these episodes, they would like break the fourth wall almost while they're in character. Uh, we talked to like Sarah Chalk, be like, "Oh, aren't you glad you're here this week?" <laughs> like things like that. Lines from Roseanne. And yeah. when uh, Lisey Gorenson came back in season eight after being gone, uh, all the characters just looked at her like, "Oh, where the hell have you been?" <laughs> all in character. I think there's a lot of little asides like that in this show where they're kind of acknowledging something that the audience knows. I didn't actually write down this as part of my notes or anything, but do you remember when Roseanne sang the national anthem? I don't. Oh, she sang the national anthem. And like I said, I don't have any notes, so I can't even remember who it was for. But she basically made it kind of like a joke. I mean, you, you know, she can't sing based on how she talks. So right, she's just I would like, not assume that voice would transfer well to. Yeah. Anything. So she's basically just like screeching and everybody was horrified and panned it. Like even the president, I think it was Bush at the time. Uh-huh. Um, the first Bush, <laughs> he called it disgraceful. And when the season five premiered, I think it was season five. They said something about like, oh, I'm so happy I could sing. <laughs> That's funny. I like that. She just doesn't care. Oh, the- <laughs> <Whoa>. Alexa. <laughs> Alexa just talked. She wanted you to put, she thought you wanted to play the national anthem. She's still lit up. Alexa, see, you have <laughs> Alexa in your house and it's going to murder you anyways. <laughs> the episodes we're talking about today are season six's Lies My Father Told Me and season eight's December Bride. And technically, the two different actresses were playing Becky during these episodes, but Alicia doesn't appear in December Bride. Alicia, Lisi, whatever you want to call her. No, but her husband Oh, does. yeah, her husband was in it. I don't think that any of the kids are actually in that episode. Yeah, it's just David was in it. Yeah. Which is weird. And Mark. David was in it? Yeah. Wasn't he burning himself? No, he, no that's yeah, Mark. No, David was in there because he was... Uh, he was Doing the seating chart. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, so that's the, the big gay wedding episode. 
Um, first, we're going to talk about Lies My Father Told Me, which aired March 24th, 1994. And the TV Guide description on that one is, Roseanne makes jokes to cope with Dan's family tragedy until she witnesses the way Dan copes by getting drunk and breaking things. Yeah, which, to be fair... That's a fine way to cope with things, right? You just get drunk and break stuff. Except <laughs> There's a little bit of, like, assault in there. Ah, <laughs> uh, I guess. We start out with DJ on the couch, and Darlene comes in and harasses him, as siblings do. Yeah. And right away, I was like, I love Darlene. She's great. She's just <laughs> snarky as hell. Yeah, Darlene is definitely, like, taking after Roseanne with the quick wit. Yeah, and so Roseanne comes in to break it up, and she has some good one-liners down there, and then Darlene, in her very teenager way, just casually breaks the news to DJ that their grandmother has been committed to a mental mental institution. Yeah, she says, Grandma's strapped to a bed in a loony bin while DJ walks free. Yep, and DJ has his questions about those, and, and Roseanne has a line that I really liked when she's trying to describe where their grandma is. She's like she's in a she's in a home not unlike our own. <laughs> like that's a, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you should be making fun of Grandma. We're not making fun, DJ. This is just our our way of coping. You know, instead of crying and saying our grandmother's in a mental institution, we say, uh, "Well, at least Grandma is with other people who share her interest in hand washing." <laughs> so I'm guessing Grandma's a little OCD, maybe. Yeah. And um, Roseanne herself was actually admitted to a mental hospital in the late 60s after a car accident. Maybe that's where she got the idea for this one from. Yeah, I don't know. She had memory loss and nightmares, so that's what prompted her to go there. Huh. Well, she uh, she goes through and she sees that Dan is, Dan is there. Dan, her husband, played by John Goodman. And he is not coping the same way as them. Yeah, you know, he doesn't like all of the jokes that... Darlene and Roseanne are saying. Yeah, and he kind of insinuates that Roseanne is being a bad mother because she's making these jokes and teaching her kids and all this stuff. And he says, at least my mom didn't teach her kids to make jokes at things that aren't funny. And he's clearly, you know, perturbed by the, the situation. He's very upset by it because, you know, it's his mom. His mom's been put into a menstrual, mental institution. I can't say mental. I keep saying menstrual. <laughs> uh, um, but at least my, you're not saying menstrual. <laughs> at least I'm not saying menstrual. But my thing that I took away from this part, though, was, dear Lord, their wallpaper. Oh. <laughs> the wallpaper is so bad. Yeah. I mean, the show started in the 80s, the late 80s, and it's the exact same set for the entire run of the show. Yeah. And it's clear, like, they didn't paint the walls. This is wallpaper that was plastered up on there. Yeah. And it's like these weird flowers and stuff and this... Brown. Ugly beige brown and it's just horrible. And they've got like these needlework things on the wall as well that have like dolphins and sharks and things on them. And <laughs> oh, I, I that. I did not. I saw all that. <laughs> and the other thing that caught my eye was they had the pantry that was like fully stocked in the back. And I don't know why, just the way that it was set up and the way it's like arranged in their kitchen is just a very 80s look. Like 80s, how it 90s. was just like sitting there. It wasn't behind a door that kind of thing yeah it yeah. just seemed you know like that that era of home design and decor yeah. yeah yeah so roseanne's wanting to talk to dan about what's going on with his mom being in the mental hospital and asks some questions like saying hey when they got divorced about 10 years ago was that a mental hospital that she went to and were there other times and dan talks about how his dad left for two weeks at one time and they didn't know where he was, and it kind of messed her up, and she had to go away after that. But other than that, she was fine, and she was a great mom. He's, he's really trying to defend his mom behind all this, and Roseanne's just trying to find information out, trying to... I think she's just trying to connect with him on the issue, because she sees that she made him, you know, hurt on the inside there. Darlene comes in and is like, he probably doesn't feel comfortable talking to you because your mom didn't go insane. Don't worry, I'll talk to him. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> I... Darlene's great. <laughs> uh, after Dan leaves, Roseanne goes over to... Is it she go to her sister's house or does she go to her mom's house? I don't know whose house that was. <laughs> it's someone else in her family's house. And her mom is kind of... Uh, 
I'm scared of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. And I was I looking, mean, where do you think Roseanne gets it? <laughs> I guess, but I was looking some stuff up about it. And I guess when she was with Tom Arnold, he admitted to her a bunch of stuff about being abused as a kid, like sexually abused and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And I guess that unleashed some repressed memories that Roseanne had about her parents abusing her from like the age of six months until she moved out at 17. Oh, And it was at this point in the show that she started to rewrite her parents to be kind of more evil, I guess. Like her dad into someone who like had like a switch or something up on the door to make sure the girls towed the line and the mom into this kind of submissive shrill housewife who just kind of turned a blind eye to what's going on. Uh, So she tried to put her own life into that stuff. With, with her parents and changed how they were seen on the show. Interesting. Yeah, I don't remember too much about her mom, but I do know that they don't like to talk to her because she's really nosy and that kind of thing. But those were actually from earlier seasons. I don't know so much about these later ones. She doesn't get much help from she doesn't get much help from her mom or sister. They kind of just tell her, yeah, whatever, blah, blah, blah. At least he loves his mom. At least he loves his mom. Her mom's very upset that the daughters don't love her. Yeah. And Jackie is asking like how Dan is doing. And Roseanne says, he called me a bad mother. I think I couldn't really hear him because DJ was running with scissors. Oh, yeah. (laughs) DJ gets messed with during this episode uh, by all of his siblings here and their significant others. And I love that part too. Yeah. David comes in and he's talking, uh, to Darlene and he's asking her about this loony bin test and at the same time we get our very little cameo of um, Mark and Becky as they walk by Hey guys What are you doing? Oh nothing, just taking a test Man, I hate tests Oh, this one's different When you're done with this one you don't hand the nurse a plastic cup (laughs) Question number one when you put your shoes on, do you put them on one at a time or both at once? Both at once. Okay, that was an easy one. <laughs> Question number two. What color is the sound of a dog barking? Bright green. Green or bright green, both are acceptable. <laughs> Question number three. Pick one. Triangle, hat, or boat? Triangle? Boat. <laughs> That's right. Question number four. Do you ever relive the same moment twice? No. Very good. Question number four. Do you ever relive the same moment twice? No. Very good. Hey, guys. What are you doing? Oh, nothing. Just taking a test. Man, I hate tests. Oh, this one's different. When you're done with this one, you don't hand the nurse a plastic cup. I wish they would have gone more into that. I know. I was bummed that that is the only scene with that until the very end. But seeing them mess with him in general is pretty funny on the whole show. And that was my favorite part of this whole episode because I I really like the comedy of Roseanne. Like, I understand the more emotional parts of this as well. And like the seriousness of John Goodman's acting and all that. But this was my favorite part. That's fair. (laughs) So we we flash over to Dan's father's house where his father is not there, but his wife, Crystal, and her son, who I just wrote down as he looks like a turd at first. <laughs> and then I found out his name was Lonnie. Uh, they're there. And Dan is drunk. Super drunk. He's bumping into things. He's breaking things and he's trying to fight with Crystal about letting him see his dad, but he's not there. So whatever he says is not going to work anyway. And I understand why he's not really listening to Crystal's pleas to leave because she's wearing a bunny rabbit cardigan. (laughs) In fact, a lot of people were wearing cardigans on this show. His dad was wearing one. Maybe his dad and Crystal bonded over cardigans. I don't know. (laughs) But they were doing that. Uh, He, Dan, just wants to find his father and scream at him and and yell and punch him. But he's not there, so he's yelling at Crystal instead. And she's like, he's a good man. And he yells back, he's not. And she's like, you're scaring me. Yeah, this is where the assault probably comes in a little bit. Yeah. Lonnie, Lonnie, come here. 
No, you got to talk to your mom. you got to tell her to get out because he's wrecking your family. No, no, he's not. Dan, I forbid you to talk to my son that way. Now, now, why don't you have a little coffee? You're not listening to Come me. Come on, you need it. Th this is no way for you to act in your father's house. I'm not drinking his damn coffee. Well, that's always the first sign that he's had too much caffeine. <laughs> of course, she cracks, cracks wise about it and tries to get Dan to leave. And he sits down, and he's not going to go in. I, I couldn't help but laugh at Lonnie trying to be hard and like get yeah. him out of there. Like, you gotta go right now. <laughs> and everyone just looks at him like. And Roseanne says, "Your his ankle is as thick as your chest." Yeah, like you're he's not just a little scrawny little kid trying to be the man of the house. Oh goodness! So eventually, they trick him into going home, saying, "Oh no, your dad's back at our place." He's like, "Oh, why didn't anyone tell me?" <laughs> Drunk people are easy to mess with. So the next day, he's really hungover while Darlene is doing the dishes. And she says, now that I'm in college, I know exactly how you feel. And she says that the best way to cure a hangover is to start drinking as soon as you get up. Yeah, she wants him to have a little hair of the dog. Yep. Uh, and Roseanne comes in and she had my favorite line <laughs> right here of the entire episode. She says, ask Darlene to leave because she's a painful reminder of another bender that her dad went on. Yeah, that was really great. <laughs> yeah, that's a solid way to tell your kid that they're an accident. Yeah. So Roseanne wants to know what Dan's plan was in going over to his dad's house. Was he going to beat him up? And Dan says, or at least barf on him. Yeah. And apparently Crystal called Roseanne and told her all these family secrets. Yeah. Um, that Dan's father revealed about how the mom had gone to the hospital at a bunch before mental hospital that is, and had been put in there and they just kind of lied to Dan and told him that, she was away visiting relatives or things like that because they were trying to protect his feelings, protect his the way he looked at his mom. Yeah, and they say that his dad thought it would be easier for a kid to have a bad dad than a crazy mom. And I guess she was also in and out of mental hospitals before she even met his dad. So he really can't blame his dad anymore for what's going on with his mom. It's but it's not his dad's fault and it's not Dan's fault either. No one's fault. Mental disease it happens to people you know people have troubles and you know it at the time it's probably not as yeah covered an issue as it is now so for sure not so dan decides he's gonna go and reconcile with his father and apologize for kind of breaking things <laughs> in breaking everything in the house yeah his dad is still kind of trying to protect his mom and like not admit that any of these things happened. And I think he's still just trying to be like a good dad to his son and keep him protected from like truths he doesn't want to hear. Yeah. And he doesn't really want to talk about the past. He just kind of wants to move forward with how things are. And he actually starts pushing Dan away, basically saying we're both grown men, so we don't really need each other anymore. Yeah. And I saw this as like his dad just, it's probably hard for his dad to see Dan because that's a reminder of yeah. his ex-wife who I'm sure it was hard for him being married to her and trying to help her and all of those things. So thinking about the past is probably painful. And especially when he's been made out to be the bad guy and something that he's not the bad guy in. Dan says that Crystal told Roseanne about his mom and he wishes that his dad had told him himself. And he knows that he said some bad things about him in the past, but he wants to apologize for that. And his dad just wants Dan to fix the toaster. He's like, let's not talk about the past. And that's what they do. They just stop talking about it. <laughs> and Dan's like, oh, I don't even remember being in the kitchen yesterday. And he's like, yeah, you weren't. Things have been broken for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and so they have a little father-son bonding. The Bulls game is on. They, they, they say this, that said to gamble on that and... That's the episode. It goes to the end credits with DJ claiming that he knows that they're just trying to mess with them. And they do some, what, I don't even know, camera trick to make it seem like Mark and uh, Becky just keep walking in a circle back in and in and in. Yeah. And I, I don't know how they did that because at one point you see like their clothes at one side of the camera when they're entering from the other side. So it's not like they're pausing anything. <laughs> Yeah. They're maybe, having to like layer it or something. Or they had like stunt doubles or body doubles or I something. Don't know. I don't know. Filmmaking. Oh man, tricks of the <laughs> trade. 
But yeah, he's like freaking out. And by like the fifth time Becky and Mark walk by, he runs upstairs screaming, thinking that he's insane, just like his grandma. Yeah, and that's our that's our first episode. Lies my father told me. Would you like to rate this episode? Yeah. So I didn't remember watching this episode. I mean, I know I watched it when I binged the whole series a few years ago, but it's not one that really stuck out at me then. I do think it's a good one. There's a lot of good things with Darlene, and she's great, obviously. And John Goodman was really good in it. He has one moment in the kitchen where he cries, and the confrontation with his dad, you can tell that he's putting his acting chops to good use. So I love John Goodman. John (laughs) Goodman's great. One of my favorite things that John Goodman's in is, Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? I've never seen that. What? Why do I even be surprised by these things at this point? I don't know. Uh, go ahead and rate it. We're not even going to get into Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Um, I think I give this one three broken toasters. Okay. Out of five. I really liked it. I thought the one-liners and everything that they had going back and forth was good. I liked people going through... You know, showing that there's different ways of coping with stuff. You know, some people crack jokes, some people cry, some people get drunk and try and break <laughs> into their father's house and, and beat them up. Uh, everyone has their thing. Yeah. I really like John Goodman in it. And even and like you like that Sarah things. Chalk was in it. I did. I did love that. Two scrubs people down, just the rest of the cast to go. <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah, I mean, we'll get a lot of the guest stars with things like Just Shoot Me and Spin City. I didn't know they were on which one they were on, but one of those. Yeah. Well, I, I, I mix those two shows up. Yeah. And uh, Jordan was a main character on Drew Carey show. Yes. Yeah, we got plenty of time. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, I like this episode a lot. I'm going to give it four cardigans out of five. Ooh, four. Four bunny cardigans. <laughs> got to be specific. Five. Yeah. So I decided to look up things about all the characters on the show and... I didn't end up looking anything up for Roseanne's mom because I actually went down a rabbit hole and found stuff out about her grandmother. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Who was played by Shelly Winters. Yep. And Shelly Winters had some cool shit happen in her life. Uh, She was a roommate with Marilyn Monroe. Oh. Um, Yeah. At the beginning of her career, she was taking classes for like Shakespeare and... She was studying in the Hollywood Studio Club in like the 1940s and stuff. And she shared an apartment with Marilyn Monroe at the time. And then later in her career, she was friends with Janis Joplin before Janis Joplin died. Maybe she's a harbinger of death. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Uh, And she got married hours before her death. Her own harbinger. Yeah. She was, uh, I think she was on her... I don't know if she's on her death, but I didn't look that much up. Gary DeFord, she married in 2006, hours before she passed away. What did she die from? Uh, Let's see. (laughs) Winters died at the age of 85 of heart failure. She suffered a heart attack, and then she was in the hospital. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, sorry, one last thing. Her third former husband had a stroke on the day she died and died five days later. So maybe she does bring death. Uh, so <laughs> this is becoming more clear with every single thing you say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the further I'm reading into this, uh, the more it seems like she's just bringing death to people. Yeah. And I think most people know her from the movie Poseidon Adventure, which I haven't actually seen, but I've heard a lot about. It's the 1972 film about the ship that capsizes. I don't know. I don't know that one. She was in Lolita. I know that's a very famous one. She was in The Diary of Anne Frank. I mean, she's been active since, or she was active since 1943, uh, all the way basically till death. So that person aside, who who do you want to hear about next? Let's hear about Darlene. So Darlene was played by Sarah Gilbert. She dated her co-star, Johnny Galecki, while they were on the show. And then she realized what she's dating. Ah, I'm a lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and after that, she was in a long relationship with TV producer, Alison Adler, who is the co-creator of Supergirl, which Sarah Gilbert was on an episode of. Oh. 
Um, and they were in a private relationship. She didn't come out until I think it was 2009 or 2011. Yeah, it was pretty late. Um, and it was, I think, after they had uh, separated. But they, they had two children together. Each of them had one ch- ch- one of their kids. Uh, but she's currently married to Linda Perry of Four Non Blondes. Don't know who that is. You know Four Non Blondes? I know of... It's a band, right? Yeah. Yeah, I... I know of it, but I can't think of any of their music. Sure you can. We were singing one of them yesterday. What? It was one of the first songs when we, we were at karaoke. It was uh, someone, well, we weren't singing it, but somebody was singing <laughs> it. Uh, What's up? I wasn't singing it. No, none of us were. <laughs> I mean, everyone, I, even, at, even at the table, I wouldn't have been like singing I along. I think you were. You know the song. What? All right, we're going to pause here for a second. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And I said, hey, yeah, come on. <laughs> okay, you, you've proven me wrong. <laughs> All right, so anyway, she was married to Linda Perry of Four Non Blondes. Um, she actually made several appearances on The Big Bang Theory as well as Leslie Winkle, who is kind of like the female, um, I don't even know if she'd be a female kind of to Sheldon, but she's like as smart or smarter than him and just calls him dumbass a lot on the show, and but she did. Uh, Sheldon or Leonard? Sheldon. She oh. had a she had a thing with Leonard. I think she just slept with him uh, on the show, so they got reunited. Hooray! <laughs> and, and so she was on that. And her uh, her husband on the show, boyfriend and then husband was Johnny Galecki. He was named Kevin when he first was on the show. Oh, yeah, because he was on another show at the same time, and his name on that other show was David which is what Roseanne wanted to call him. But because he was David already, <laughs> they're like, we'll call him Kevin. And then they just changed it when that show ended. And they actually make reference of this at one point when they talk about how controlling Darlene is. Where they're, <laughs> She says, she's super controlling. She even changed his name. His name's not even really David. <laughs> so it's like... Another one it, of like, those nods to the audience. <laughs> yeah, like Darlene's just changing people's names from Kevin to David. Nice. So then we can go, we already talked about Becky, so why don't we talk about Becky's boyfriend slash husband, Mark, who is played by Glenn Quinn, and this is a sad one, because he OD'd on heroin at age 32. Yep, I saw that. He uh, he was actually Irish, though, and oh. uh, when he got a role in another thing, I think it was Buffy. No, it was the spinoff of Buffy, it was Angel. Oh, yeah. Uh, they made his character Irish, and he was like, thank God, I can, <laughs> it feels like I'm normal again. He was also in the movie Shout uh, with Gwyneth Paltrow and he was her first on-screen kiss. Oh, interesting. Her career. Good for him. Uh, then we have DJ, who was originally auditioned for by Macaulay Culkin. Oh, really? Yeah. He auditioned for the role. Didn't get it. This is about two years before uh, Home Alone. I guess that does make sense with the, the timing, um, that he wouldn't have been like a star or anything yet. There was an original DJ, just for the pilot, a kid named Sal Barone or Barone. I don't know. I would say Barone, probably. Sal Barone. Anyways, Sal left after the pilot because there was a writer's strike. And when it was done, he had like grown an inch and he he looked too old to be a kid playing like six years old. Yeah. So he went away and his only other IMDB credit (laughs) is for Impractical Jokers. (laughs) <laughs> the show on True TV. No. And like recent? It was in, he worked in the sound department for uh-huh. them. Now, this is also <laughs> weird that he's even credited for something like that because he is a math professor at the huh. Georgia Institute of Technology. Um, I saw that another reason why he left the show was he supposedly had some sort of disagreement or he supposedly didn't get along with Sarah Gilbert. Yeah, his mom said that they would fight in backstage a lot, so yeah, took him away from there. Uh, so the other person then that played DJ was Michael Fishman, and he got the role because when he went to audition, Roseanne asked him to tell her a joke, and he said, why did the turtle cross the road? It was the chicken's day off. <laughs> and she's like, I want this kid to be the person on the show. And she had to fight for him, I think, too. Yeah. Like the network wanted somebody different and some other people connected to the show wanted another kid, but she had to fight for Michael Fishman. Yep. He ended up doing like an episode of Seinfeld and like an episode to her Walker of Walker, Texas Ranger. 
Um, but outside of that, hasn't really done anything acting wise. He went back to school. He also started trying to learn the technical side of filmmaking because he wanted to be a producer or director. And so that's kind of where he went uh, with that, that part of his life. Cool. And finally, we have Jackie, Roseanne's sister. Uh, played by, actress. Played by. <laughs> Laurie Metcalf. Yeah. She did some good things. Was just nominated for what? Best Supporting Actress? Uh, for Lady, Lady Bird. Bird. Didn't yep. win. No. She did win three Emmys uh, from 1992 to 1994 for Best Supporting Actress for Roseanne. Um, she went to school. This was the thing that I found interesting. She went to school at Illinois State University in the 70s. And while she was there, she went to school with and met people like John Malkovich and Terry Kinney and uh, Joan Allen and some other hmm. actors and actresses. They had some good people there at the time, I guess. Yeah. But that is that is the people there. So are you ready to talk about the next episode? Yeah. Let's get into it. All right. The next one is season eight's December Bride, which aired December 12th, 1995. And the TV Guide description is, Roseanne has anything but traditional ideas for Leon's untraditional wedding to Scott, played by Fred Willard. Yeah, we're just going to have Fred Willard in every episode that we watch from now on of yeah. every show. <laughs> it feels like he's been in a lot of things. Oh, I'm yeah. sure that I, I haven't looked at his IMDb or Wikipedia page in a while, but I, <laughs> I'm sure it wouldn't be hard to find a lot of 90s shows that he had a guest appearance in. Yeah, for sure. Um, so this was the first same-sex wedding on TV, airing just five weeks before Friends did their own gay wedding, which was called the one with the lesbian wedding, where Carol and Susan get married. Yeah. And then basically are never talked about again on Friends. Well, they're never, I, they're talked about. I don't think they're ever shown together again. Yeah, they're, they were like, okay, we got those gay people married. Now we don't <laughs> have to worry about having that stuff on the show. And that was kind of the opposite with Roseanne because after getting married, Leon and Scott actually have a more prominent role on this show. They actually, by they, I mean Roseanne, <laughs> actually wanted to do a spinoff. Oh. With just them. She wanted to do a spinoff with Leon and Scott where they would be raising Leon's teenage daughter from another previous marriage or relationship. Yeah. Um, and she wanted to have Don Knotts and RuPaul as their interracial, intergenerational couple that live next door. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Don Knotts and RuPaul. Had they agreed to this? Uh, and ABC declined on this because <laughs> they said they didn't think that a gay couple could carry a TV show. And then just a year later is when Will and Grace came out. Yep. So we start out where Roseanne is at the restaurant that she owns called the Lanford Lunchbox, I think. Yes. There's a lot of flannel going on in this. <laughs> There's a lot of flannel in the show in general. I mean, it's working class. I think that's how they decide to portray that. Yeah. Either that or they live in Seattle. So <laughs> uh, we see a young Fred Willard as Scott eating at the counter and he agrees to help out Roseanne after another customer storms out and is rude and doesn't leave a tip. Yeah. So he looks at the check that the guy left an actual check that he wrote on, not the bill. Yeah, I was very confused. I was like, why did the guy write his number on the check? I, I legitimately forgot that checks were a way people paid for things. <laughs> yep. So he gets the number off of the check and calls it. And this guy's wife answers. And he's like, hey, I work at this motel where you and your husband stayed. And you left some personal belongings behind. And she's like oh, I was never there before. So he basically gets this guy in trouble with his wife for a pretty serious thing just because he didn't tip Roseanne. Yeah, she's like, oh, man, he he left a bad tip and you ruined his marriage. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. And that would never work today because caller ID. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. well, usually it just will show a number. Well, she would be able to figure out that number because, I mean, that... Oh, she would just call the number back or she something? She could call the number back or she could just look the number up online and be like, oh, that's for a restaurant, not a hotel. Yeah. Or anything like that. That's assuming she puts in that kind of effort. Well, I figure like, before you destroy your marriage, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, 
I still think Color ID would say what it was. I don't know. That Blink-182 song, What's My Age Again, they talk about Color ID in there. I feel like Color ID has gone downhill since the 90s because whenever I get a call and it's not a stored number in my phone, it just says the number. I think that they just change it so you have to pay. Oh, really? Yeah, because occasionally Verizon will say something about, here. here's this free Color ID service to identify any number. You have 30 days free with it and then you have to pay. Oh. And I was like, what? Why don't we, <laughs> this is America. Why don't we have caller ID for everything? I want to always know who is calling me at any given time. I don't want to have to pay for that shit. If a number isn't known on my phone, I don't answer it. I will only answer it if it's a stored number. See, I love answering it. Really? Yeah. And then one of, I, I think I learned this one from like my mom. She get very annoyed at... <laughs> People calling her telemarketers, all that. You know, like the ones where it's like a robotic voice. And they're yeah. like, we need your blah, 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 for blah, blah, blah. Press this to... She'll press the number and wait for them. <laughs> and then she'll talk to them like nice and calm and talk to them. They'll quietly, like, okay, yeah. And then, and then like when they at, finally like get to some point, she'll be like, okay, yeah. And, and by the way, go fuck yourself or like something like that. <laughs> and like, it's frightening. Wow. <laughs> but it's also hilarious. It's great. <laughs> Or she'll ask them, she'll be like, oh, hold on one second. I've got to go find my card. And she'll just leave the phone on yeah. <laughs> and just leave them there on hold. Uh, my sister, I remember answering the phone one time when we were kids and it was a telemarketer and she was like, you are the weakest link. Goodbye. Oh man, the does weakest anybody, link. Does anybody remember that show? I, I remember <laughs> the show. I didn't watch it really. It was never as popular as, you know, who wants to be a millionaire yeah, no. or any of those you know, if they would have had an American host, you know, <laughs> out here. But we can't let these foreigners get our jobs. Goodness. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> after that tangent. So, one of the other workers at the restaurant is... Sandra Bernhard. She's wonderful. She's not really in this episode too much, but... Uh, and Fred Willard, after uh, there's this prank call, he's talking to Roseanne about his upcoming wedding and looking for flowers and looking for all this stuff. And he's just very, you can tell he's very nervous about the wedding and she is asking him why and all this stuff. And she's giving him advice on where to find things. He said, well, five years ago, I was supposed to get married and then I was left at the altar. <laughs> and she asks, who would leave you at the altar? And then Martin Mole walks in playing Leon and goes, hi, honey. Yep, it's Martin Mole. Right back from Sabrina. Yep. <laughs> Two characters. We're just trying to keep continuity here between every episode in yeah. some way, shape, or form. Um, and Martin Mull comes in. I, I should just call him Leon, I guess. Yeah, Leon. <laughs> Leon comes in, and he's super rude to Roseanne as their relationship is, you know, back yeah. and forth, uh, just tearing into one another. Just waddle away, huh? Oh, look. <laughs> you know, you could do so much better. I mean, even in a small town like this one, he is at the very bottom of the homosexual heap. Well, that sounds like fun. Yeah, Leon used to be her boss at her previous restaurant job that was at a restaurant in a mall or in a department store. And I don't think he owned it, but he would, like, never let her have the afternoon off when she requested it last minute, which seems reasonable. <laughs> but she would basically do whatever she wanted. Yep. So, he is asked by Scott to go to Minneapolis, I believe. Yeah. To meet with the reverend, uh, the family reverend, so they can have some counseling before the wedding and all this stuff. And he's like, I can't do that. We've got all these things to do. And Roseanne... It's like, I'll help out. And Scott's like, yeah, Roseanne has all these great ideas. She can do this. She can she can be a wedding planner. We'll save money and we can go to the Bahamas. She's like, I want to go to Greece. She's like, you can grease yourself up anywhere. Let's go. <laughs> and um, Scott says something about going snorkeling in the Bahamas. And Roseanne says, snorkeling, huh? I learn a new word for it every day. <laughs> I like that. Um, <laughs> so, we cut to Roseanne is planning the wedding and she's calling Jackie and asking Jackie, you know, updates on things. Jackie's in charge of finding the strippers and <laughs> David is in charge of the seating chart. And he's like, all right, it's going to be boy, girl, boy, 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 boy <laughs> at each table. Uh, I guess all their friends are just guys. Yeah. I mean, I know it's a gay wedding, but like <laughs> they probably have friends that are female still. Yeah. And as evidenced by Roseanne. Yeah. 
And Jackie asks Dan to come help her pick out a stripper. And he just like runs in like, oh, my gosh, this is the best thing ever. But when he looks at the when he looks at the brochure, it's male strippers. And he's like, what? No. But DJ comes in and looks at it (laughs) and he's like, oh, wow, cool. And Dan gets concerned because there was very he looks very concerned (laughs) that his son might be gay. There's a lot of gay panic in the 90s, as we know. And he's like, why would you look at those pictures and say, cool? And DJ's like, because this one's my math teacher. (laughs) That would cause so much concern for me (laughs) Uh, as the kid's parent. Not because the math teacher's gay, but because he's, I don't know, a stripper on the side outside (laughs) of his teaching job. There's a lot of teachers that have secondary jobs to bring in more income. I don't know that stripping's one that's feasible (laughs) for you. Yeah. So Jackie says that the strippers are for the reception and they're going to be on either side of the cake in cages. Because, yeah, that's how it's tasteful. Yeah, so this wedding, you can already tell, is going to be a circus. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it, and when you finally see it, it is a mess. Because <laughs> Leon gets back, and he gets back late, I guess, and Roseanne's like, it's an hour before the wedding. Which, if it's an hour before the wedding, no one is there already. <laughs> yeah. So she's done a shitty job of planning it. Like... <laughs> That stuff should all be just ready to go at that point. They shouldn't still be setting everything up. Maybe last minute things, right? Yeah. And he's like, oh, this looks this looks tasteful and, and fine here. She's like, oh, they wouldn't let me decorate out here. And they <laughs> open the doors and oh, dear Lord. Yeah, it is crazy. There are just like strippers everywhere, drag queens, pink flamingos, there's a giant cake with like different sections, like yeah. not just layers. Like there's different sections it's of like it a with bridge. a bridge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, there are signs and there were like big hearts that said the gay love, gay power uh, <laughs> in there. There were Liza Minnelli uh, impersonators. impersonators. Yeah. Yep. And the cake topper, she says they weren't able to find one with two men. So she broke off the bride from a, an existing one and added a Pocahontas action figure <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and Leon is just like, what is this? It's a gay wedding! <gasps> this isn't a wedding, it's a circus! You have somehow managed to take every gay stereotype and just roll them up into one gigantic, offensive, rosaniacal <laughs> ball of wrong! <laughs> Relax! Nobody gets the wedding they really want. I would be super offended if I was Seriously. a gay guy and I came out there and I was like, holy shit. Like they, they have like the dressers or the dancers with like the flamingo yeah. stuff and the big feathers and stuff. And I'm just like, holy shit. And they literally s- took as many stereotypes as they could find. Yeah. And at this point, they're supposed to be friends. So she clearly doesn't know her friend very well if she thinks this is something that he would want. So he runs away, or he tries to, but she locks him in a bathroom. Well, he runs away calling off the wedding. Yeah. Entirely. And she says after him, of course it's off. It's two guys, for God's sake. (laughs) Even even in the face of, you know, a a wedding being just thrown away at the last (laughs) second, she's got to get him in. Yep. Everyone starts coming in there, and Dan shows up, and he's telling her she's got to fix it. She's got to fix it. Scott shows up, and... She doesn't tell him that anything's wrong at that point. Yeah, uh, and, and he's he, hungover. He is hungover as shit. He went on a bender because uh, he's super nervous. And he introduces Roseanne to Leon's mom and the reverend. And <laughs> the mom... I think she had met the mom before. She had to have. If she didn't, it's like... the No, I don't even think she did. Well, there was a different episode I was watching and they didn't show the mom, but no, she had like come to town. She says, Roseanne says... Or no, the mom says, oh, Roseanne, I've heard a oh, lot about right, you. Oh, that's right, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> God, she says something, a Wicked Witch reference. What did she say? Oh, It's I'm something like, how the- wonderful you were able to get the house off you. Yeah. The reverend just says the wrong words for everything. Yeah. He says it would be an extinct pleasure instead of a distinct, distinct pleasure. pleasure. <laughs> oh, I, I almost forgot my favorite line that John Goodman says. What was that? When Scott says that he went and got drunk with some of his buddies the night before, Dan just sighs and he's like, ah, 
I remember when I needed buddies to get drunk. <laughs> yeah. Just thinking back <laughs> on his life. Um, John Goodman. I keep just alternating between calling him John Goodman and Dan. Why That's fine. To one? John Goodman's like, you got to fix this. You got to go and fix things. And so Roseanne goes into the bathroom. Leon's trying to get out the window and Roseanne says she'll change the wedding. But Leon's like, no, the wedding is still off. I don't care what you do. He tries to convince her of all these things like, no, uh, what if he doesn't like this? What if he says he, need, he says he needs Pop-Tarts in the morning to, to be himself? What if they stop making Pop-Tarts? And Roseanne just screams, they'll never stop making Pop-Tarts. Yeah, they're like talking over each other at the same time. And then she just yells that. It was so funny. <laughs> and then he's like, well, what if I'm not even gay? You couldn't be any gayer if your name was Gay Gayerson. <laughs> You just think about it, young lady. Hmm? I hate to shop. <laughs> I am absolutely insensitive. I detest Barbara Streisand. And for God's sake, I'm a Republican. <laughs> but do you like having sex with men? Well, it's gay! <laughs> and then he kisses Roseanne as the final thing to prove he's not gay. And as soon as they're done kissing, he's like, ah, nope, I'm gay. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Scott and Leon walk down the aisle together and Roseanne asks Leo, Leon's mom if she's okay. And she's like, years ago when I pictured my son's wedding, I certainly didn't have this in mind. Roseanne says back to her, I'm sure you also pictured someone who really loves him. Love is love. And you're getting a really nice addition to your family. That's my son-in-law over there. And points to Mark. Yeah, <laughs> Mark's an idiot. <laughs> he is burning his hand on a lighter, just pushing his hand, rubbing his hand over it, just, yeah. ouch. 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 Um, the wedding goes off without a hitch at this point. Well, they, but, yeah. Well, the, the reverend <laughs> fucks it up completely, yeah. but Scott and Leon say their own vows and stuff, and the reverend's like, oh, that was great. Why would we do that? After he pronounces them man and then men, because he can't figure out how to end that sentence, they, I guess, I think they ask if they can kiss or something like that. And they do, but the camera pans away. So they don't actually show them kissing on TV. That kind of, to me, just showed how back then nothing was really permitted as far as same-sex anything on TV. At this point, they had shown two women kissing on TV, but they still wouldn't allow two men to kiss. And it wasn't until 2000 that they were, and that was on an episode of Will and Grace, where Jack and Will kiss on the Today Show, and it's supposed to be like live and a shock moment. And yeah, Dan is also visibly uncomfortable with yeah. them. He's like an immature little kid. Like <laughs> they're actually kissing. I wasn't sure if they were going to do it. Yeah, he seems a little bit uncomfortable, and I don't know if that was supposed to be like the audience's reaction or something, or them acknowledging that it was happening, even though they weren't showing it. But it, them not showing it seemed kind of like a cop-out. And then Dan saying that also kind of reinforced that cop-out, I guess. Yeah, I I don't know. It, it was like they had built up this whole episode and then they just kind of... Pulled it back? Yeah, they just kind of like dipping their toes in and then they went away at the last second before they could dive in. But they do kind of make a nod at a previous same-sex kiss that was on the show between Roseanne, actually, and... Mariel Hemingway. Yes. And I didn't know who she was, the actress, when it was on there. And so I looked it up because I'm like, huh, I wonder who that is. And her name is Mariel Hemingway. And she's Ernest Hemingway's fucking granddaughter. So that's cool. That's super cool. That was the most interesting thing for me about the entire thing is that she is the granddaughter of Ernest Hemingway. Yeah. And she comes up behind Roseanne and is like, hi. And so that was a nod to when they had... Kissed in a different episode when they were in a gay bar. I can't remember how they ended up at the gay bar. But I guess they also didn't tell Roseanne that she was going to be appearing in this episode. So Roseanne's, like, look when that happens actually was, like, genuine surprise. Yeah, she looks super happy about yeah. it. Though. She's like, oh, that's great. <laughs> um, so that was a cool way to end that episode. All right. So that's our second one. You want me to do Go this one it. first? Yeah, sure. I like this one a lot. It was so funny. It was hilarious. <laughs> and I, as I said last week, I love Fred Willard. He's he's great in everything. Uh, Roseanne was great in this. Hell, Dan was great in this with his exception, you know, the exception of him being, you know, 
super immature about two guys kissing. Yeah. I think I liked it just about the same as same as last time. So we're going to give this one four male strippers out of five. Cool. Um, yeah, I thought this one was so funny. Like when we started watching it and you and I were watching together and both taking notes, but we both just kept like laughing out loud at so many different things. And I wish that it did have the kids in it. Like, I kind of wonder if they didn't have the kids because it was going to be a controversial episode. Yeah, they like, actually moved the time of the yeah. episode back from 8 to 9.30 because of adult humor. Yeah. So, the network definitely had its way with this episode. And that is going to affect my rating a little bit. But, I mean, overall, it is super funny. So, I'm going to give it... Actually, and I also really like that it was kind of a milestone for same-sex portrayal on TV, even if they kind of went forward and came back at the same time. But I'm going to give this one... I'm going to give this one four Pop-Tarts out of five. So you like this one? Yeah, I did. I almost would have rated it higher, except for the fact that they didn't show the kiss. And I just feel like that was kind of a cop-out. Yeah, it, that, they, definitely, they definitely cop out of it. Uh, I know I said earlier that I wasn't going to look up anything about Jerry Garcia, but I did. <laughs> they, Jer- baby Jerry was played by twins. as All babies on yeah. TV are. <laughs> uh, the baby was played by Morgan and Cole Roberts. That's it. They didn't do anything uh, much acting <laughs> since that. Uh, but some like online magazine found them on Facebook, which is super creepy. Like, oh. Just, I guess just leave them be if they're not... Trying to be public figures. <laughs> I mean, people just use the internet for good and evil these days. I guess. So, one last thing from me, and that is about some of the writers from Roseanne. Mm-hmm. First of all, I think it's a, a known fact that Roseanne was kind of horrible to a lot of the writers on the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she wouldn't call them by their names. She would just give them numbers yep. and just call them by their numbers. Very crazy and domineering. She wanted to, as she said, take away their egos a little bit. That would uh, do it. Yeah, I suppose. But there were some great uh, writers and people on that, including Joss Whedon. It kind of launched his career off, and then he got to do, you know, Buffy and everything else with the Marvel uh, universe. Yeah, Firefly being my personal favorite. Oh, I do love Firefly. <laughs> You've watched the movie Serenity, right? Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure since it's a movie. If but you it's a seen movie it. based on a TV show, and those I have seen. And okay. I also own it, I think. And you watch made for TV movies, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we have Amy Sherman Palladino. Palladino. Yeah. Go on. From Gilmore Girls. <laughs> she created Gilmore Girls. She did create Gilmore Girls, and <laughs> I do love Gilmore Girls. Yeah. You do? Yeah. When did you watch it? Uh,. I've watched Gilmore Girls before. You know that. Oh, I I didn't know that you watched all of it. Yeah. Oh, I don't I don't think you ever told me that because that was one of the shows where I was like, I think you're gonna like it, and you said that you didn't want to like it. <laughs> well, that's still true. <laughs> I don't want to like it. I do. Paris is the best character on the entire yeah, show. Yeah, I love matter. Paris. I love Paris. I very much relate <laughs> to Paris. Um, and there's also Chuck Lorre, Lore or Lorre. I think it's Lorre. Yeah. Yeah, Chuck Lorre, Big Bang Theory. Two and a Half Men, that sort of stuff. One yeah. of those is good. One of them? I like Big Bang Theory. Oh, I don't. No, I think <laughs> no. it's good. I, it's at least successful. It is successful. Well, I guess for Two and a sure. Half Men is successful too, but I yeah. definitely don't think that's good. No. Eh. Anyways, that's it for me. That's what I've got. Well, the only other thing that I really have is the big news, which is the Roseanne reboot. And that's coming to ABC on March 27th, which is just a few days after this episode comes out. They'll have nine new episodes and everyone is returning. Both Beckys. Both Beckys. Um, Jerry Garcia is not returning. Ah. <laughs> They're saying that he's on a fishing boat in Alaska. <laughs> nice. So I, I don't know if they actually say that, but that's what I read as the excuse for why he's not there. And... We didn't really talk about the final season of Roseanne, but it ended with Dan actually dying. He has a heart attack during he has a heart attack during Darlene's wedding to David, but and in the finale they reveal that he didn't actually survive the heart attack, he died. And the whole like ninth season was just a fantasy that Roseanne had written. In the trailer, which aired during the Oscars earlier this month, it shows Roseanne waking Dan up and saying, I thought you were dead. And he says something like, I keep hearing that. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm excited for it after having watched this. Like, yeah. I think it'll be good. And I like that Sarah Chalk is in it. She won't play Becky. She will be Andrea. Yeah, she's playing a surrogate hired by Becky. Yeah. Um, and then one person who is brand new to the series is Christopher Lloyd, who will be playing Roseanne's mom's boyfriend, Lou. Okay. And that's kind of continuing the Back to the Future references from last week because we had Biff in uh, Sabrina. I was going to ask you what the connection was that you mentioned <laughs> to me earlier. Yeah. Christopher Lloyd's nephew is also on Scrubs. But anyways, oh. <laughs> so continuing the Scrubs thing, he plays Ted. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then one of the big storylines that's going to be on Roseanne is that she is a Trump supporter, but they're actually going to be portraying a bunch of different political views on the show. I saw one picture that Jackie was wearing one of those like pink pussy hats. So I think it's safe to say that she would have voted for Hillary, but Roseanne herself is a Trump supporter kind of off the show too, like in reality. So she hasn't outright said it like explicitly but she does have some quotes that suggest she's a trump supporter and she did say that she voted for him but she was saying that she thinks that it's right for roseanne to be a trump supporter because she's trying to portray a realistic portrait of the american people and working class people and those are the people who elected trump so makes sense and did you still watch the show (laughs) <laughs> one other like little quick thing that kind of relates to that. Did you know that Roseanne ran for president in 2012? I did not know that. And <laughs> I've got some Googling to do later. <laughs> well, I can tell you a little bit more. She had tried to get the Green Party nomination, but it ended up going to Jill Stein. And she instead ran for the Peace and Freedom Party. Um, but she only appeared on the ballot in California, Florida, and Colorado. And she placed sixth overall. Not bad. No. But Obama still won. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> uh, and that is it for Roseanne. Uh, next week, we will be going into Home Improvement. Yes. Which is a show near and dear to my heart because it takes place in my home state of Michigan. Oh, I forgot that. Yeah. And it's it, tool time, baby. It's and great. I'm excited for it because it does have Jonathan Taylor Thomas, who was the big teen heartthrob in all of the magazines that I would have read in the early 90s. JTT. JTT. It was uh, definitely more about JTT than those other two guys. So, <laughs> And we, we may very well have a guest uh, yeah. guest person. Uh, Our very first guest. Guest. <laughs> I can't talk. Our very first guest. <laughs> Our very first guest. So, yeah, we'll see if we can work that out. But, yeah. And in the meantime, if you can please rate us on iTunes, maybe toss us a review if you have some time. That would be great. And tell your friends. But until next Friday. Bye. Bye.